Welcome to the Practical Idealist Podcast, aligning what is good with what is possible. I'm your host, Allison Bueller, Director of the Homestead Education Center, and the focus on this show is real change for better health, home, and community. This program is brought to you by the Homestead Education Center, a nonprofit organization located in Starkville, Mississippi. This week, we will present our third installment in a series called Coming Home to Heal. Coming Home to Heal guides our attention inward, away from the business of the season, and helps us focus on what we can impact in a serious way, our homes. It moves our intention to our own spheres of influence and asks us to recognize the role of home tenders as vital to the health of our families, our communities, and ultimately our world. This week, we're going to look at how to create physically healthy homes with Dr. David Byes from the Healthy Home Initiative. At the Homestead Education Center, we're reading How to Change Your Mind, what the new science of psychedelics teaches us about consciousness, dying, addiction, depression, and Transcendence by Michael Pollan. That's a mouthful, and it is a controversial topic, but interesting. So I hope you'll join us. This discussion is led by board member Mandy Sanders, and you can find dates and information on our website or our Facebook page for a live chat that she's leading later this month on that book. We've also got our international holiday celebration coming up this weekend as we celebrate Latin American culture with a live posada. And our Women's Wellness Retreat still has a few spots for the third weekend in January. You can find all of our events on the website at www.thehomesteadcenter.org backslash calendar. At the beginning of November, we hosted our second annual fermentation fair, where guests got to taste traditionally prepared foods that are loaded with probiotic health benefits. If you'd like to learn some simple ways to incorporate traditional foods into your kitchen, we have an online course just for you at www.thehomesteadcenter.org backslash online dash courses. You can take just one course or become a member and access all of them. There are also some how-to videos on our virtual instructional library on the website as well. So jump over and use those resources that we've collected for you. And we're still glowing from, our, from meeting our 2019 Holiday Helping Hands goal of matching an energy efficiency grant given by TVA and Starkville Utilities. It's estimated to lower the annual utility bill at the King Community Center from $4,411 per year to $1,670 per year. And guess where the difference in money will go? Straight to the youth development program that so many of you have supported. This community is amazing, and I'm, a glad, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. Thank you for caring year after year for people outside of your own four walls. This program is brought to you by our Keep It Local sponsor, Worker Bees, a residential cleaning, car detailing, window washing, and more company. Culturally, we are spending so much money on gifts this holiday season. Please slow down just a bit and consider where your money goes and what it supports. Worker Bees is run by a local business owner, Shannon Voges Hout, which means she pays local taxes that improve our roads, schools, and parks. She hires local help, which impacts employment, 
and she gives back to her community by sponsoring things like our Helping Hands Project each year. Your purchasing power shapes the world we live in. What will you support this holiday season? And now on with our interview. Today's guest is Professor David Byes at Mississippi State University. David is a state health specialist who works for the Healthy Homes Initiative. And he's here today to tell us how we can physically, how we can create physically healthy spaces for our families. Welcome, David. I appreciate you being here. I know it's the end of the semester and very crazy on campus. Can you tell us just a little bit about what the Healthy Home Initiative is and why it began at MSU? It's my time coming here. I've been here since May of 2014. Um, and my predecessor, Dr. Bobby Shaffet, uh, ran the initiative. And then there, was, there, were, there were folks um, dating prior to even her time. She was here for 10 years um, who worked on healthy housing. It's a part of our culture. My family in consumer science is, is a uh, fancy newfangled way of saying home economics. So we uh, lament the loss of home economics in schools oftentimes. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of folks don't realize it's just been renamed. There still is a fairly decent focus on, on FCS, we call it for short, across schools in the state. And housing is a part of that. Um, we, uh, in extension, do a lot of education across the state around homes and housing and the intersection of housing and health. And that's that's what the Healthy Homes Initiative is about. We have extension agents in every county in Mississippi, who uh, many of whom are trained in this curriculum and, and deliver this in their communities. Okay, now not everybody is from Mississippi, so explain what an extension agent is. Does every state have extension agencies? Or has, uh, has a land-grant university, and every land-grant university has an extension service. All over um, the state. Right. Every, not not every just state. in the town where the land grant is. Th that's right. So, um, you know, states are structured a little differently. So most states still have a county office. You often will hear folks say, talk about their county agent. We don't in Mississippi refer to them formally as our county agents anymore. Um, we talk about our extension agents um, who have family consumer sciences responsibilities or ag and natural resources responsibilities. But um, most states are structured similarly. Some of them have more regional offices, but they all, every state has an extension service that reaches beyond um, the, the university. And I want people to know that because I have used the extension agency for so many topics that, that you wouldn't even think extension would cover. So I'm going to put a link to that in the show notes so people can find it. But today we're talking about the Healthy Homes Initiative and what does it seek to, seek to accomplish? So we primarily deliver uh, a curriculum uh, with a series of 12 modules that focus on topics like indoor air quality, um, asthma and allergies, mold and moisture, radon, um, actually not something we talk a lot about in Mississippi, um, carbon monoxide detection, we talk about lead, uh, drinking water, wastewater, talk about hazardous household products, integrated pest management, home energy. Um, we talk about how to do a home assessment and how to look uh, look through your house to determine what might be a source of, source of problems for you or for your family's health. Um, and we, we deliver this typically in, in traditional didactic educational types of sessions, so, so just kind of a lecture, kind of brief conversation type format. But we also do show, go to health fairs and do demonstrations. We um, will work with youth and children. We, we've got have a really wonderful lookalikes demonstration that we'll take out. And we put things out like uh, Windex and Blue Kool-Aid or Sweet Tea and Pine Sol. Um, we put 
uh, things like um, actually laxatives and, and chocolate. We put Red Hots next to Sudafed and mm -hmm. we show how many things in our home um, that we consume look like things that are not consumable and could be really hazardous to our health. Um, so those are, those are uh, we range from that traditional didactic, get into a uh, workshop classroom type setting to health fair demonstration type, um, type outreach. Well, you named some of them that just made my stomach turn thinking about when I had little kids, but does the program capture any data on the most prevalent hazards in our area? And are those different from place to place? So we don't get down to the granularity of, of differences among regions, between regions in, uh, in the state. What I do, uh, though, every year and a great resource for folks to know about, to, to detect, um, learn about health problems in their own counties and communities is um, I use the county health rankings and roadmaps data. It's a really wonderful compiled set of set of data that Robert Wood Johnson Foundation puts together. And so you can find that at countyhealthrankings.org. Um, and what their data says is that 17% of Mississippi's houses have severe housing problems. And that's measured by overcrowding, by expense. Not both of those things are things we explicitly address, but they, they also measure things like incomplete plumbing facilities or incomplete uh, kitchen facilities. And then we link that data uh, with other data that shows the, the effect that housing and poor housing conditions has on, on health. And we know that some of those things are um, increased uh, risk for asthma. Uh, we know that lead poisoning is a problem. And so, again, to answer your question specifically and directly, no, we don't capture data on the problems. We do capture data on the number of people we've reached and the changes in knowledge and behavioral intention related to the modules and content. Okay. So what are the top hazards that we can address in our homes and how do we do that? You mentioned a, a checklist or a inventory that you can do. Um, we do have a home assessment and uh, we can get that to you if you put, you know, you said you're going to put, a, put a, a, a link. Yes. Yeah, a link to that. We'll be glad to send that out to anyone. Actually, they can find it on our website. It's extension.msstate.edu slash HHI. And you can, you can obviously include that link. And so there's a great for an individual to do. I mean, one of the, one of the things that I, I actually need to do in my house right now is put a, um, put a, a fan in my bathroom to pull the moisture out um, to, tr to try to reduce the likelihood of mold growing from, from uh, being too, too moist. Um, I can't do that myself. I've got a, mm -hmm. I've got a budget for and make an effort to, to get a, a contractor out to do that work. But there are things that I can do and, uh, and that I do do. My wife and I talk about frequently and that's keeping chemicals out of reach of, out of the reach of our children, being sure that, you know, while it's, uh, sure is convenient to keep our, our, our cleaning supplies under the sink like probably our parents did and we saw our grandparents do. We know better now. We, we need to do better. And so putting those up in a way are, are some things that we can do uh, to, to um, reduce the risk of, of hazards with our kids. We talk about locking up our medications, putting those away um, as well, again, to reduce the, the risk of our kids consuming something that they shouldn't. And I've actually, I've had to call the poison control line because I, um, during a bout of illness with one of my my children left the Tylenol out on the counter mm -hmm. with one of my older ch children um, and my then two-year-old waddled in there, got the Tylenol and came in with a big old, uh, she looked happy as a lark. She had big old um, <laughs> pink stuff all over her face and was holding the, the, the 
bottle of Tylenol, it's bubblegum flavored. She thought she had just gotten into it. She had found a gold mine. Well, we didn't know how much she had taken. So, right. so you know, and, and that's a, we typically keep our medicines locked away, but we don't always think about it when we're in the middle of a, in the throes of a challenging situation, like having a sick child. So for things like uh, sealing up doors that keep moisture or keep the cold from coming in that reduce our energy bills. I know one of the big focus uh, areas of the homestead is uh, is on energy consumption mm -hmm. and that that's a focus we have in this curriculum is training as well what are some things we can our sink putting washers in our sinks so that uh, we can um, reduce dripping water i mean again that's about energy conservation water uh, conservation um, also cost savings for us you know every every drip of water that comes out we pay for whether we realize it or not so we talk a lot about that but asthma and allergies we talk quite a bit about moisture control again as well. We, we do a, a pretty good job in this curriculum of linking the, ha the structure and the issues with, with the house to, um, to health and asthma is one of those. We talk a lot about lead poisoning prevention, um, particularly houses um, that, are, that are rather old and thinking about the connection between moisture, right? So moisture causes the paint to loosen up and, and creates a, um, you know, chipped paint essentially that then kids can get. So we talk about that. Yeah, that was a big one. That was so surprising to me. All the remodels that are going on right now. Everybody's watching HGTV and remodeling homes. And one of our friends had an 18 month old that was just crawling around in in dust from a remodel, and it was it was just full of lead paint. Yeah, and we we need to be mindful of that. We need to find uh, certified contract co contractors who are certified and trained to do uh, lead remediation when we're doing that. Uh, it is fun to watch those shows and dream about all <laughs> the, the fun stuff that they're doing and doing it ourselves, but it doesn't matter. I mean, certainly children are the ones most at risk. Their brains are still developing um, at rapid paces and a little bit of exposure to lead can cause um, irreversible issues with their development, but it can also affect, it's also shown to affect adults. And so we have to be mindful of that. And look, I live in a, in a, in a dated home mm -hmm. um, built in 1932. And so I'm, I'm quite mindful. What's the year that lead paint switched or that the lead and paint switched? 1978 was, okay. is the year uh, to, to, to look back on. So any um, house any built house before 78 is, is probably is it, has is lead a risk of lead paint. Now they started phasing it out before that. 78 was the year that they quit putting lead and paint at all. Um, so the further back you get, the, the greater your risk is. Okay, you mentioned mold, and that's something that I think we're all aware of now, and it's kind of scary. What, what do you do in your home? Okay, you said putting in air filter or moisture and sealing doors, but what else can we do about mold as far as, is it in our ductwork? Do we need to get those clean? Do we need to switch filters more often? We do need to switch filters more often, um, being, being mindful of, uh, of changes like that. I, you know, look, I've started, because I've start, been teaching this, material I've started putting uh, reminders in my phone on my calendar mm -hmm. to change them out um, I check them every month now just to be honest that we recommend that you change them out every month I'm cost conscious and so if mine doesn't look like it's um, you know there are different seasons of the year where dust dust season you know spring and, right. and fall oh. and they yeah the pollen season and then the fall when the leaves are falling um, as well it, it, it can they, they can clutter up pretty quickly but in other times of the year, the winter, I may not change it out, but every six weeks or so. But I do put a reminder in my calendar um, because that's that's just so um, so important. I, I have 
made a note to myself to open the window when I take a shower. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Not open it all the way, just crack it just a little crack bit. Just, just let it, let that moisture out because otherwise it's going to go somewhere in the house. It's mm -hmm. got to go somewhere. And and it's going to go to, you know, live in the corners and, and accumulate. And That's a good recommendation. And I was really surprised. Our local county, four county electric is our, is our county utility. And they will actually, if you call them, they will bring out not a lot, but several light bulbs that will switch. You can switch over. They will bring out some of the ceiling stuff for doors, the little sticky stuff that you stick on between your doors and your walls, even these little things that you can put behind your electric plugs. And a lot of air comes in and out of that. So so they do have some free resources. Yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. The county cooperative, excuse me, the rural power cooperatives are, are great resources. Um, and really, I mean, it truly is a cooperative. They really are in it for the benefit of the members. Um, it's not a profit generating entity. They have to pay the salaries of the people that work there, but they really are about helping the, uh, the members of the cooperative. And that is th those that are that are paying in as part of that system. So take advantage of that, not just for county. I grew up down around down in Rankin County in the Southern Pine Electric Power Association, and they were just as good. And I know all the, the power cooperatives are like that. So yeah. Well, the Healthy Homes Initiative it can't cover all the hazards that we read about almost daily. We're hearing so many now from household and personal care products. I saw some videos on your site about how to make all natural cleaners that I'll put a link to in our show notes as well. But there are so many on our radar right now from even like cell phones and Wi-Fi to plastic containers and air and water quality and food. It's almost overwhelming. So how does the Healthy Homes Initiative encourage people, parents especially, to go deeper into understanding healthy home care? Uh, I'm not a learning theorist or a, a psychologist, but I do read quite a bit in those areas. And I, um, I think it's important to encourage people to make small changes and small steps. You're exactly right when you say that it's overwhelming. Uh, and, and, and I know that if we look too deep or read too much, we can just throw our hands up and say, I can't do any of this. Mm -hmm. So small changes, find one or two things. Um, that that you can adapt and and make those changes live with those uh sit with those and, and go back and, and and find additional changes um those small changes will breed in you a sense of success a sense of i can do this and 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 you can then move to adapt more changes so um i, I say and we teach this don't be overwhelmed by this this can be daunting um, that, you know, there are things that are really urgent. If you've got a young child in your home and you realize you're in a pre-1978 pre house, it's got moisture problems, well, you need to probably try to do something about That's a pretty big deal. You probably need to do something about that. But when we look at all these other things um, that are that are maybe not so obviously urgent, you how do you eat an elephant? You eat it one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. And so... We I and I just was so blown away. We just had the energy audit for the King Center, and it's just, the the savings was astronomical when you did some of these things. It was it went from like forty four hundred a year to they're estimating we'll pay sixteen hundred a year by changes. The payback is like three years on this, so it's pretty it's pretty important to go ahead and invest. It's kind of you know I have a friend that says you pay up front or you pay later, and so it's a little painful to pay up front, but man, it can save you in the long run. And then also impacting our health. I, there are so many things coming at our, especially our kids these days, and 
oh, in the form of just the environment and their food. And so the things that we can impact seem like what you guys focus on, you know, just the big ones, knock out the big ones, take those worries off your plate. That's true. You know, I haven't talked much about integrated pest management, and I want to just be sure that we, you mentioned largely what prompted me to think about this is you, you saying the word food. Um, integrated pest management is, is just the idea that we, we don't need to just rely on the pest management company, pest control company um, to, to keep bugs away, but we have some responsibility in that as well. Um, one of the questions we'll ask when we do our workshops is what does it take for, for a pest to live? And it's the same things. Uh, same things that it takes for a human to live. They need water, they need food, and they need shelter. Mm -hmm. And if we give them those things, they're going to live in our, they're going to share our house with us. And so we have responsibility to keep our food locked away and to keep our house dry. What, when you're saying integrated pest management, what are some of the options out there? Because I know, I mean, I, I have been in homes, you know, as an educator where people were just putting poison out for the mice and rats and things like that, or the roaches, and it was right on the kitchen counter. It's definitely not ideal. Uh, you know, the things are supposed supposed to not be toxic for humans, but we we, we don't know that, and we certainly don't want to um, end up consuming those things or have our children consuming those things. So, um, we you know we do recommend um, taking advantage of your local pest control company. They have products that are that are shown to not be uh, toxic to humans. Um, but then also the the piece about keeping your your food locked away, keeping your food well sealed, mm -hmm. um, so that so that pests can't access it. Those. Again, that's the, yeah, that's that's that back to that. That what are the three things they need? They need food, water, and shelter. Mm -hmm. um, clutter. So so the food and the water is pretty obvious. We want to keep our kitchen our kitchen sealed up tight, and I think the food that we have sealed up tight keep keep the house dry and not have water sitting anywhere. Um, but then the shelter piece. So that gets to clutter and the question of clutter and what we have around the house. If we have um, boxes stacked up, we have, um, you know, I, I know I like to, I like my books and I like that <laughs> meme that says you can pry my, my books from my cold dead hands. But, <laughs> That's so funny you mentioned that because we're doing a simplify the season challenge at the homestead and today it is books. You're supposed to simplify your books today. <laughs> yep. Take heart. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll pick a few things to uh, Carolyn Abity at, at the bookmark there you go. go home for lunch. Um, but but keeping our, our clutter um, to a minimum will keep the will again minimize the place that pests can live. Taking responsibility for the the overall cleanliness of your home decreases a lot of these health issues that, come, issues that along. come along. It does. Um, we when we think about bed bugs, that's another issue that mm -hmm. comes up a lot. Uh, we get a lot of questions and extension about bed bugs. Uh, some simple interventions like washing your sheets every week um, mm -hmm. it, it matters. Um, that's really, really helpful. You know, bed bugs and mites can live in stuffed animals. And an interesting thing I learned was that if you simply, you know, a lot of kids are really attached to, and, and rightfully so, given uh, the trauma that they might experience in their life, they, they, that those animals mean something to them. And mm -hmm. uh, similar to what I said about the books, prying it from my cold dead hands. <laughs> yes. A lot of kids, it's like you can pry their stuffed animals from their cold dead hands. Well, it, it turns out that you don't always have to throw those away uh, when they get dingy and dirty and you suspect that they may be, may have some bugs um, or, or, or uh, mites in them. Freezing them, if you freeze them for eight hours, that will kill, put them in, put them in a freezer overnight. Mm -hmm. that'll, mm -hmm. that'll do the trick uh, for them. And that we can think about with, um, with, with families of all sorts, low income, high income, it doesn't matter, 
is why just being mindful to wash your sheets on a routine basis mm-hmm. um, yeah. because we we sh- our skin sheds and the and the bed bugs and the mites um, in the in the house live off of that shed that shed well, skin well, so we want to get that get that out of there clean that up well I'll share my one healthy home initiative trick of a lifetime. Uh, several years ago, there was a lice epidemic. I think your kids probably missed it, but there was a lice epidemic in Starkville. And my kids were a part of it. And I was just horrified. And so we did the you know regular lice treatment. We picked all the nits out every night. We did this for, oh, I don't know, it seemed like weeks. Washed everything we owned a hundred times. And they came back. And so at this point, I didn't care what we had to do. I thought we'd have to move maybe. But I looked online and there was a new prescription drug out there. And it looked really familiar to me, the the active ingredient. And I thought, wait a minute, that's an organic pesticide that I use on my cabbage. And so it's $250 in the little bottle, you know, a little tiny tube from the doctor. And it is about $11 at the co-op. So kills the uh, nits, eggs, you know, the the lice themselves. And so everybody in town ran over to the co-op after we figured that one out. And it's so it's very effective. So I'll have to sh- I'll share a link to that as my secret weapon against lice if, if you ever come across that. And uh, I'll share a link to that, in the, show link notes. To that in the show notes. But thank you so much for joining us. And I appreciate your your help and just kind of putting our attention. There are a lot of things that we can control. We can't control everything, but there are a lot of pieces that we can control in our homes and keeping our families, ourselves, and our children healthy. And so if you like what you heard today, consider becoming a supporter of our nonprofit organization. For a dollar or two a month, you can keep our programming coming. And I'll see you on our website. site at www.thehomesteadcenter.org. And if you learned something today, please share this episode with someone who needs to hear it. Thank you, David, for joining us, and I hope you have a great week. Thanks, you too, and happy holidays, everyone.